Welcome to Sound Waves at St. Bede's, a weekly podcast of St. Bede's Episcopal Church in Los Angeles, California, a vibrant and inclusive community of faith serving Venice, Playa Vista, Mar Vista, Ocean Park, Santa Monica, and beyond. Each week, Sound Waves features the sermon from last week's Sunday's worship services. In addition, as often as possible, we share selections from the extraordinary St. Bede's music program update our listeners on church news, and convey the stories of our faith as we live out our baptismal covenant. As always, we invite you to worship with us at St. Bede's on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Additional information and directions to our church campus can be found on our website, stbedesla.org, S-T-B-E-D-E-S-L-A.org. Thank you for listening. May the love of Christ be with you today and always. Our Lord is amazing. He can heal the sick, cure the blind, raise the dead, cast out demons, walk on water, calm a storm, feed 5,000, fish like no other, resurrect from the dead. And our favorite, change water into wine. Our Lord is amazing, so amazing. However, there is definitely one thing that Jesus isn't so perfect at, dare I say, marketing. And today's gospel is a perfect example of that. Let's replay this morning's gospel in our mind here. Jesus is about to send out 70 apostles in pairs into towns and villages that know very little or nothing about Jesus. Some might be hostile to outsiders, especially evangelists. Jesus has gathered together the 70 and about to give them one final pep talk and any last-minute details before he sends the pairs on their way. The apostles are huddled together like an ancient football team, hoping to hear some rah-rah speech from their fearless leader, Jesus. And these are Jesus' words in an adapted contemporary translation. And I give you this. This is Jesus. Bad news, you're outnumbered and overmatched. Good luck, I'm sending you on a dangerous mission. Oh, but you must travel lights, scratch that, don't bring anything. God and perfect strangers who might hate you will provide you everything you need. Along the way, don't loiter. Don't make small talk with everyone you meet because we're under a time crunch. Don't go searching around for the best accommodations or the best cook in town. If townspeople like you, accept their hospitality unconditionally, even if it means eating awful food. Make sure to cure the sick, proclaim the good news, If they reject you, leave, 
politely protest and then tell them your loss. In both the translation you heard when I proclaimed the gospel in this adaptive, adapted translation, Jesus would have benefited from having a marketing agency on retainer at all times in all places. What message is Jesus communicating and why is he sending out so many people? The apostles are commissioned to go ahead of Jesus into the towns to prepare the way for him. Jesus sends out 70 and gives them apostolic authority, which means they have the power to cure the sick, exercise demon, bestow the peace, and announce the kingdom. However, there is a caveat. They must undertake this mission with a certain amount of vulnerability. Bring no money. Travel lightly. Depend on the hospitality of others. Imagine getting on an airplane or in a car and traveling to some other city and just saying, you know what? I'm going to knock on the first door I find and see if they'll take me in. How's that going to go? Probably not pretty well in this day and age. They'll probably call the cops on you. Not only do they undertake this daunting task, but they must depend on others, on strangers, for even the most basic of needs, food and shelter. There are zero options. These 70 apostles must embrace this mission with a huge dose of vulnerability. They cannot demand hospitality or even expect to be received with open arms. The apostles must be willing to go without food, shelter, or welcome for the sake of the gospel. Their task might be daunting, but their purpose is crystal clear to prepare others to encounter Jesus. A little over a decade ago, I had my own Luke 10 experience. And at that time, I was serving as the chaplain at Campbell Hall School here in North Hollywood. And we had a 30-year relationship with a sister school in Haiti, in Port-au-Pay, Haiti. To my surprise, Despite having a 30-year relationship and every year during Christmas time having the elementary gather money, part of their outreach gift fair, and sending along to their sister school, some 30 years, not a single person visited Holy Innocence. We had a few stories, a few pictures, but it was daunting, the idea of trying to get to our sister school. Because logistically, it presented some challenges. Port-au-Pay is about 20 hours north of Port-au-Prince, Port-au-Prince being the main capital, serviced by a major airport. Port-au-Pay is about 20 um, hours on the northwest um, corner of Haiti. And to get there, you can drive on these unpaved roads, or once a day, God willing, there is a 90-minute flight from Port-au-Prince to Port-au-Pay on a six-passenger prop plane on a lo local 
Haitian airline. And I was so bothered by this, I said, you know what, we need to go. We need to have someone go and connect and meet with our sister school. And so I convinced my head of school to let me go to our sister school, Holy Innocence. And so in November of 2008, I believe, I took the trek from Camel Hall all the way to Port-au-Pay, Haiti. However, prior to going on this trip, and, you know, everyone said, be careful, it's unpredictable, it's, you know, you're going to have to plan this, you need to get your shots. I had plenty of shots I had to get. Um, I coordinated with the Diocese of Hawaii, I coordinated with our sister school, and, you know, my doctor wife literally packed a pharmacy on wheels for me. And I remember so profoundly numerous people saying to me, regardless of the circumstances, only drink bottled water and be careful what you eat. I arrived at Port-au-Prince, the capital of Haiti, from a flight from Miami at 10 a.m. And I made the short but daunting walk from the um, international terminal to the domestic terminal. And then I proceeded to wait most of the day for my 2 p.m. flight, which promptly left at 5.36 p.m. And as we were walking out to the plane, I put my backpack on the, you know, my hiking backpack on the, the tarmac, and I chose one of the six seats on the airplane. I could literally touch the shoulder of the pilot. Flight was uneventful. It was beautiful. About 90 minutes in, we uh, start to approach port au and I notice that we make this sudden quick pass over the main road in port au There's cars, there's people, there's animals, and I'm thinking to myself, what's going on? I soon realized that the pilot was signaling to the townspeople that the plane was about to land on the main road because that's the runway. It's the main road and the runway. And yes, we landed on the main road uneventfully. I got out of the plane and I was greeted by Eduardo, who was a teacher, um, fourth grade teacher at Holy Innocence. And he and I had been communicating via email. And Eduardo had a brief conversation with one of the airline employees. And then he looked at me very sternly and said, let's go. And I was like, wait a minute. Eduardo, I, I, need, I need my backpack. And he said to me, sorry, no luggage on the plane today. Maybe tomorrow. There I was in an unfamiliar place where I knew basically no one. I didn't speak the primary language. And the only thing I had on me was my clothes on my back. That night we gathered for dinner at the local priest's house and the hospitality was amazing. The feast, the spread of food on the table was like something out of the movies. Most of the food I didn't actually recognize and the vegetables and the salads were washed in local water. And in my mind I could hear so many people back home saying to me, only drink bottled water and be careful what you eat. 
in my heart I knew these words. Eat and drink whatever they provided. Being a follower of Christ demands that we must be willing to be vulnerable and accept others' hospitality. Often the hospitality of strangers. Let's be honest. The church is amazing at extending hospitality when one walks through this door or most churches throughout the, the country. Good churches offer good hospitality like St. Bede's. However, this is the great conundrum of the Christian church. We are great at offering hospitality within the warm, comfortable, and predictable confines of our own church campuses. Yet in Luke 10, in this morning's Gospel reading, Jesus articulates a very different vision of the church's work and mission. A church is one that sends its followers out into the world as apostles to heal, to bring about reconciliation, to cultivate peace, and to proclaim the kingdom of God. Admittedly, most congregations in the Episcopal Church are amazing and trans transformational home-bound congregations. In so many situations, we offer great hospitality and ministries to others within the confines of our own church campuses. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks in the Invite Welcome Connect sessions as we started to explore some of these aspects. However, truthfully, our tradition struggles and struggles sometimes significantly with being the church beyond our walls. We Episcopalians get a little timid with being apostles beyond our church home. The Episcopal Church doesn't market itself as a vulnerable church. However, moving beyond these walls requires that we embrace a vulnerability that we may be very uncomfortable and very unfamiliar with. Moving beyond these walls means that we will travel with less resources and we will be more dependent on others, especially strangers. Moving beyond these walls means that we are not homebound at our church campus, but apostles for Jesus Christ to bring the gospel to the world. Moving beyond these walls means leaving the warm, comfortable, and predictable confines for a world where we will be lambs among wolves, as Jesus says. I get it. I'm type A. I like things organized. I like things structured. I like things predictable. So it takes a little bit more for me to feel comfortable when I move outside my safety zone. Moving out into this world, if it feels a little bit uncomfortable, too unfamiliar, too jarring, then Jesus' rah-rah message that we heard this morning might be coming through loud and clear. To be the church that Jesus is calling us to be, we must be apostles 
And to be apostles, we must labor not only here on St. Bede's grounds, but beyond. And we've done some tremendous work this past year around things like you know, grassroots neighbors and neighbors for neighbors, where we are working with the community. But we're called to and need to continue to find ways to go into our community with nothing weighing us down, physically, mentally, or spiritually. We can't bring our own agenda. We must go into our community carrying the good news of Jesus Christ and God's peace. We must go into our community trusting in the loving, liberating, and life-giving Spirit of God. With Luke 10 as our backdrop in the coming weeks and months, I want to invite us, the St. Bede's family, into an intentional process of prayer, reflection, and dialogue. We'll begin to hear the word community engagement more and more through that process. And the goal of this journey together will be to discern how God is calling St. Bede's to be apostles beyond this campus. It's my prayer, and through this process, ultimately through us living out our call beyond these walls, we will be able to return with joy having experienced the kingdom of God in our community. Our Luke 10 moments, as I like to refer to them as, will provide us opportunities to be apostles in the world. And isn't that what we're called to do, is to be apostles in this world? We have an opportunity to heal, to bring about reconciliation, to cultivate peace, and to proclaim the kingdom of God. And if we do this work only within these walls, we're missing out on so many opportunities. I get it. It's safe. It's comfortable. We can have groups come to us and we can serve them. And we need to do that. But what does it look like for a church that begins to then transition from that to going out into the community? There are those who are unable to come here. There are some who don't want to even step foot on this campus. So we need to step. We need to step out into the community. Beyond these walls is a community, our community, who seeks to welcome us and feed us just as much as we long to welcome others and feed others. Today, in the Gospel, Jesus reminds us that we are a church without walls and without borders. Let me say that again. Today, Jesus has reminded us that we are a church without walls and without borders. Jesus' ministry did not happen within the confines of of a sanctuary. Jesus' ministry happened with the people, among the people, in the people's community. If we're going to be that church that Christ is calling us to be, 
then we must live into what we do here and continue to dream up opportunities to be the church beyond these walls. Those communities that are thriving to their most potential are communities that not only see their work on their campus, but really invest themselves in their broader community, beyond their walls, stepping out into the community to be an example. How can we extend St. Bede's reach into the community? I want us to think about that. I want us to wrestle on that. I want us to talk about that. How can we extend our reach into the community? Because this work is never done. The work of embodying and proclaiming the gospel is never, ever done. Healing, reconciling, restoring, feeding, clothing, sheltering. Our work to respect the dignity of every human being is a lifelong endeavor of our hearts, our minds, and our souls. Thus, the endeavors that require us to dream and to plan and to prepare and to implement knit together the fibers that form our vision and mission for St. Bede's. As apostles, and each and every one of us are an apostle. Christ sends us all out into the world today with courage, conviction, and a healthy dose of vulnerability. In what ways can we grow in service to the community beyond these walls? How can we be St. Bede's beyond these walls, beyond that parking lot, beyond these cross streets? How can we be St. Bede's in Mar Vista, in the greater West Side area, and in Los Angeles? Because that is what Jesus is reminding us this morning, is that we are a church not for this, but for those people. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Soundwaves at St. Beads. If you want to learn more about St. Beads, we invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at St. Beads LA. If you like Soundwaves, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes. Our worship services on Sunday are at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are welcome at St. Beads. Additional information and directions to our church campus can be found on our website, stbeadsla.org, S-T-B-E-D-E-S-L-A.org. Thank you again for listening, and may you be blessed this day and every day by God's unconditional love and eternal grace.